hey, there's a chance we'll be using our grown-up language in this episode. So if you have little kids around, you might want headphones. You might also want a stiff drink. Hey, I'm not judging. Please parent responsibly. This is Adam. And this is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Gins and tonics tonight? We were out of gin for a very long time. Mm. I'm sorry, but also we needed to go through some backlog. Like, mm. sometimes it, it helps diversify our, our alcoholism. Drinking? Yes. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I drink all the gin. And then I drink all the vodka. And then I drink all the bourbon. And then like... We used the last of the Campari, and you're like, okay, man. At this point, I'm just making a vermouth <laughs> martini. It's too, too many things. Too many too, things. It's, this isn't dry. This is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nah, I, I made a run today, so now we have Dayton Gin. I've our... been drinking tequila recently. Mm. Tequila drunk. That's a good... That's what we have. Uh, and we have so had it for a while. It. So We had rum. <laughs> mm, I'm still singing the praises of Bumboo Rum. Yes. Uh, but that has a real distinct flavor profile. It like, does. Uh, I feel like vo- vodka is very neutral. Mm-hmm. Or can be. Um, gin is like three flavors. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple notes. Yeah, None of which like... would be good in Coke. Like gin no. and Coke would be the worst. But like <laughs> gin and 7-Up is... Gin and 7-Up is good. Pretty good. Actually, Seagram's and 7. It's, uh, mm-hmm. That's gin. Seagram's gin. Isn't it? You shrug. I don't know. That I've, I've definitely had it before, and it tasted fine. Yep, sounds good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but how's your week going? Good, good. It's over now. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my week of work. Yeah. So over. you've had you've had four days of work. Four days of work. Yes. Accomplished all you needed to do. I mean, you know, I was there. I could have gotten more done, but I got done when I got done. Right. And then tomorrow you're off because it's mm-hmm. Good Friday. So that's cool. Yep. Yep. And what are you doing on your off day re- to oh. relax? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm bad at relaxing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm going on a 15-mile hike with our oldest. Sounds great. Yeah, he's doing the Scout Merit Badge, um, which means he has to do a five-mile hike. Three 10-mile hikes, a 15-mile hike, and a 20-mile hike, and we've completed our third 10-mile hike, and so now now we got to do 15. And I'm kind of uh, chasing the cool weather. Like, mm-hmm. I can do this much more reasonably when it's 60 versus when it's, like, 80. 85 and humid. Like, yeah. I'm going to lose my ish. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fair. Uh, so I'm like, let's do it now. Let's get it get done. Get it done. It. And I'm here for that. Like, I see that hand. I get it. Um, I did volunteer. Let the record show. I volunteered to help. And you were like, no, nah, I got this. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. Like, I don't know if you're expecting a fight, but you are not getting one. I mean, you can take the next kid. Like, the next kid next who chooses kid. Yeah. Uh, hiking, yeah. you can do. I'm going to encourage them to not. <laughs> like, can you swim? Do the swimming badge. Do the swimming badge. It's so much easier. Uh-huh. Our eldest could do the swimming badge. 
and not have to do the hiking badge, but he's just going to do the hiking badge, which is he weird. He is bad at swimming, and it stresses him out how bad at swimming he is. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well. He's. And he's also bad at biking, and it stresses him out that he's bad at biking. So, so. he just. Yeah. Hiking it is. Hiking it is. He can walk. He's good at walking. <laughs> Turns out he's a great walker. Um, but no. So that's your week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing to report on my week. I just I feel uh, like I'm you busy. fell through our stairs. Oh yeah, that did happen. Like like in a fucking haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Um that that is a thing that happened. I uh So the the stairs uh outside on our deck. Yeah. Don't uh, don't worry, our house is still uh, structurally sound structurally sound we think we think but yeah the stairs outside on the deck i took a step off of them and um the the rot the stairs were rotten and i just went through the mm-hmm. top stair like truly the stuff of nightmares <laughs> like, like so scary i caught myself um with my one leg that was still on the deck my one hand reached out and caught the far banister my other arm like hooked it with my elbow, the the near banister, mm-hmm. and so there I'm just dangling, going, "The fuck just happened?" Like Lisa was on the phone with me. That's the best part of this. Yeah, yeah, we were. Uh, I call her at phone. lunch. Yeah, he had his little earpiece in, and he was going uh, down to check on something in the backyard. Yeah. There was like a frisbee or something that was in the yard that I wanted to get out of the, off the. Grass isn't starting to come back to life. Right, before our friendly neighborhood mowers just, like... Yeah, shred everything. But yeah, so I just fell through. I'm like, whoa! And she's like, what just happened? I'm like, I fell through our deck? She's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah. Yeah, so... That's something we gotta do. Yep, so... We being you. Me being... Well, I've roped my dad into it. Oh, okay. Who has built stairs before. Well, that's good. So it'll be um, somebody I can look at and be like, all right, so here's my math. Does this make sense? Am I missing something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so this is where we'll be putting it. This is where this will hang. This is what will happen. This is how we kind of brace this up. We'll put some boards together. We'll do some staring and we'll just be good. Yeah, so uh, I'll be walking 15 miles. You'll be fixing some stairs. Yeah. And that's our weekend. At some point, we do need to buy our kids Easter candy. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there's not enough candy. There's never enough candy. Never. Never enough candy. You don't know I'm never enough forever. Yes. Yes. That was a deep cut. Um, That was a deep cut. I feel like we need to explain this. When we um, taught English in China. Yeah, we taught English in China, and sometimes things are lost in translations, where they're translated, and they're translated again, and they're translated again. Um, and so then by the time they come back to English, they make no fucking sense. Yeah. Um, so the movie, Once is Never Enough? Yeah. Is that the movie title? I think so. That sounds right. Um, was translated... Uh, maybe it was no. It was someone. It was someone talking about the movie Once Never Enough. Like, have you ever seen the Have you seen the movie Once Never Enough? And uh, and the response was, "You don't know. I'm never enough forever." Yeah, I'm once never enough forever. I'm once never enough forever. Which was trying to be like, you don't know. Like, 
I'm a fan of this thing forever. Like, I could watch that movie forever, is what it was supposed to mean. But it was, you like, you don't know, I'm once, I'm never, I'm never enough forever, is how it said. Yep. And I was like, that, what? And my students would, like, come to me with these, like, little translation books, and I was like, this doesn't make sense. You cannot say this. This is terrible. And have people understand you. Like, this doesn't make sense. This is not... These are all English words. These are. These are English words. I also don't know what this means. Yeah, like, then they would be like, I don't believe you. My teacher says it's fine. I'll be like, "Mm." Okay, man, you don't have to argue with me. I'm just telling you that if you came up to me and said that, I'd be like, what? Huh? Who? Why? And that would be the end of our conversation, because you wouldn't be able to explain yourself. Mm -hmm. They would also come to me with, like, poetry and be like, why is there a comma here? And I'm like... First off, it's poetry. It doesn't have to follow your rules, man. Yeah. And also, I don't actually know those rules, man. (laughs) Because they were always, like, super uh, specific. And I was like, I can tell you why. I can tell you what I would say. I cannot tell you why. I would say that. It was like the time they brought us the sentence and they were, this is a question, which of the words should be accented? And we were like, okay, what's the, what's the question? The question was, did you study last night? Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, uh, I mean, did you study last night? 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 They all mean slightly different things. The, the last one is the only one that I'm like, kind of fuzzy on, but like last night like maybe you're trying to clarify what time of day yesterday yes but you would be like last night like you would emphasize both probably as opposed to just night if if you didn't think but, it happened well if you thought if you thought like why were you up late you know like you started last night like yeah I'm i thought like, you were in bed i thought you were sleeping and i was like they all can be right for different reasons and they're like no one is right and no like, and i was like then I, I can't tell you i can't tell you which one is right and then they had another one. Which of these statements is grammatically correct? Mm-hmm. Unless I got all A's, my father never praised me. Until I got straight A's, my father never praised me. Even though I got straight A's, my father never praised me. And although I got straight A's, my father never praised me. Like, first of all, there's some real trauma here. Yeah, there's like some <laughs> messed up shit we gotta unpack. Like, Oof. you are deserving of love and value regardless of what you produce, even though we live in a really crappy society that tells everyone that, you know, all value is tied to production. It's not mm. true. It's not true. Everyone here is valuable. Yes. And as communists, you all should know that. Right. I was like... And we had to be like, they're all grammatically correct. I'm like, no, you have to pick one. I'm like, no, they're literally all correct. Can I pick correct. the least shitty one? Like, which one is the least shitty father? <laughs> Until... Until. Because that implies he did actually praise at some point. Cause yes. even though, or Un- unless... Unless like and until are very similar. Yeah. Until, yeah, unless and until... I, I feel like unless, or until, at least has, like, a constant, like, mm-hmm. a, a thought that maybe it kept going. Mm-hmm. Unless meant it was very conditional, and I don't like that. It was ongoing. Even though, and although, those are identically shitty. Yeah. 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 So anyway. anyway. So there's all kinds that, of stuff. That was a very deep cut, but yeah. we had to. We had to you don't down. know, Lisa. I'm once never enough forever. <laughs> you are never enough forever. Anyway. We watched a movie. Mm hmm. Uh, what a movie this is. 
What is your experience with Don Bluth films? I don't know. Uh, you would know them. Okay. Uh, you've seen several of them, I assure you. Okay, I I believe you. All right. So, uh, Secret of Nim. I don't know if I've seen Secret of Nim, but it's like in the Zeitgeist. Yeah, it's in the Zeitgeist. An American Tale. Five yes, old. yes. Five and goes Bible West. goes west. As oh, well. oh! This was during the time when we're like, we can't, we can't let children dream, like, and have happy thoughts. We gotta like, you know, have them embrace the cold terribleness of reality. Because, you know, otherwise. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily. They'll, they'll be all disenchanted with this their was, lives. This was at kind of a nadir of the Disney empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, this is when everyone was making shitty films. So this was in the early 80s mm-hmm. to mid 80s. I, I don't think it was early 80s. Uh, Fifle, um is 86. Secret of Nim is 82. Okay. Um, Anastasia. I never saw Anastasia. That was later. That was much later. That's much later. He also did Dragon's Lair, mm-hmm. uh, which is a more or less interactive I ne- video I never game. Saw that either. It's, it's a video game. Oh, well, that's yeah. why I never saw it. Yeah, but he. Um, oh, the small one, the one with the donkey. It's like the Christmas show. I have no oh, idea what you're talking about. It's a thing. Uh, Pete's Dragon was 77. That was Disney, but that's where he kind of... That's where he started, was Pete's Dragon? Yeah, he was able to kind of split Ooh, off, off okay. of that. Um, but he did a lot of those kind of second string um Second animation. string... Uh, animation. Yeah. He was the DreamWorks of his day. Okay, okay. Where you've got Disney doing... Disney Pixar as the juggernaut... And then there's the kind of also Rand. We're like, they're doing okay. They're producing some decent stuff. Well, and like one out of every five years, they like really hit it out of the park. And you're like, wow, like wow. this this was a really good one. But the other time is you're like, uh, I mean, it cost $2 and it had air conditioning. Right. So, um, you know, for every Titan AE, there's um, the Pebble and the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Not a great film. I never saw it. Yeah, no one did. Um, <laughs> I am not alone in that assertion. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so Don Bluth is kind of the creative mind behind this. Okay, okay. And and worked with this whole thing. Uh, Thumbelina is also one of his. I forgot about that one. Hmm. I've never seen that one either. But this is All Dogs Go to Heaven. All Dogs Go to Heaven. What year was this? Uh, 1989. Okay. So, in right in that that main mm-hmm. uh, Disney you, is struggling. Do you remember seeing this movie as a child? Uh, I do, but like my mom babysat, so she had like all the movies, mm-hmm. always. And so I would have been nine when this came out, and as a nine-year-old boy, I probably would have flexed a little too hard and not wanted to watch it because it's a I mean kid movie. Yeah i I think I remember being like, "This movie's stupid." <laughs> Like, as an eight-year-old, and I was like, oh, if I'm not the target demographic for this movie, then who is? Yeah, exactly. By the way, uh, just to give a kind of a idea of what's going on in the Disney universe at this time, you've got um, the Fox and the Hound, Mm -hmm. Tron, um, the Black Cauldron. Right. 
uh, Return to Oz. This the is, Great Mouse Detective. This is a weird time for me because I was also I was watching like children's movies, but also watching MTV. And like, then, yeah. And so, also the weird <laughs> thing is like the Little Mermaid is nineteen eighty nine, which Little is Mermaid arguably is like the return to hun- yes, uh, yes, the second golden age of Disney. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm sorry, like I have a sweet spot in my heart for the Great Mouse Detective. Right, but, you do. Um, or the God forbid, the Sword in the Stone. That movie is trash. Oliver and Company. I never even saw it. It's not great. <laughs> um, but also, and I don't know the timing of because uh, animation does not come quickly. No, it is a five-year lag time at best. Right, and so and then it's if you have some real hustle and money behind. Oliver and Company do. is 1988. Mm-hmm. This is a talking dog movie. In 1989. Yes. There's no way they cranked this out in 12 months. No. But unfortunately, it just kind of feels like they also ran. Right. It's when, uh, like, Bugs Life and Ants came out in the same, like, yeah. summer or whatever. And you were like, oh, so we're, like, doing Bugs movies now? Cool. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And that does happen from time to time where there's just, like. I guess there's just only so many stories to tell via animation. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm, that's probably because you don't have a very diverse team. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a bunch of, like, <laughs> cis white dudes in a room trying to figure out what right. cis white Turns out they only want. have ten ideas. Yeah, and so we're doing Talking Dogs this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every seven years, those ideas line up, and it's like, okay, fairy tale, Talking Dogs, mouse movie. Like, <laughs> well, there's, like, fairy tale... There's like talking animal. Mm-hmm. There's um, yeah, I'd like kind of like the rescuers like vibe. Yeah, the like hijinks movies. Hi, yeah, like a hijinks. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of uh, heist like a ch- heist, but with children. <laughs> Yeah, like a children's heist film. A yeah. children's heist film. Or rescue. I yes. Mean, which would be the rescuers. That's mm-hmm. what they do. But yeah, it's... um, Yeah, so it was kind of... The Bluth movies always kind of seemed to me like a the little, bargain bid Disney. a little less sparkle. Yeah, there's... Well, a lot of it was there's a lot less marketing tie-in. Mm-hmm. You know, when a Disney movie came out, you knew there were Happy Meal toys. Right, there were Happy Meal toys, there were uh, commercials and songs, and people dressed up like them as Halloween, and it was like... It was a full-court press. Uh, yes, yeah, a whole thing. Even at its lowest, the Disney marketing machine is a juggernaut. Yeah. And... It It, it is a zeitgeist in and of itself. Yeah, it is. It's. It, it reminds me of those, like, fires that start, you know, like creating their own wind and then like sucking in the oxygen that fuels the fire that creates its own wind that sucks it and like you get those like firestorms that are like uh you know that's disney like it just it can make its own oxygen to keep itself going (laughs) yeah after after a while there's just enough sunk energy and cost to keep that machine moving yeah and it's unstoppable and you know to their credit their job as a publicly traded company is to make a shit ton of money. And they do it they, well. They seem to do that. They seem to do that. I, I, again, I don't assign morality to most companies. But at the same time, as long as you're not like Nestle, which is kind of evil. Oh my evil. god, Nestle's 
ableist. Yeah. <laughs> but I also eat chocolate. So, like... They once argued that uh, trying to eliminate chocolate or slavery from the chocolate trade would be too expensive and make it to where we couldn't afford chocolate. And I was like, if my chocolate comes with slavery, maybe... Maybe I don't need chocolate. Maybe I can just go without. Yeah, like, maybe I can just, like, once a year, spend $100 on a bar of chocolate. And, like, like, maybe it can go back to being a luxury. Maybe it can be a luxury. Because, like, let's face it, it's not doing a lot of good. Like, it's not like... You know, this is something I need to have to survive, and I just have to sit, suck up the fact that it's either me or yeah. them. Yeah. No, uh, it's a fucking crunch bar. Yes. I yes. can deal. Uh, but anyway. We did watch a movie that had nothing to do with the slave trade <laughs> of chocolate. This got dark fast, guys. This got real dark. Uh, although this movie has very little silver linings. No, um, it's dark fast too. Yes. All dogs go to heaven. Uh so we meet Itchy and Charlie who are trying to break out of a maximum security dog pound apparently. Okay, I have real questions about this dog society. Yes. Cuz it's all with people. So it's, the it's 19- not it's not only dogs. Yeah. It's dogs and people intermingling. So there's like a whole people society and then there's like a parallel Dog society. Right, right. Which is not uncommon, like, in these kind of movies. Not, not an uncommon trope, no. Um, but these dogs are being collected. They're putting it in this maximum security pound. This is the 1930s. 1930s. And they managed to kind of escape by jackhammering and, like... And digging. Digging. And, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, but then, after the escape, like, during the escape, they're... They're armed guards shooting at them. People guards. People guards. Not, I assume not, not dog guards. Off camera. Oh, but I assume people guards. Maybe it's dog guards. That would maybe make more sense. Why do the dogs have guns? Why are people shooting at dogs? So, okay. Listen, I, I like dogs. I do. I do too. I do too. I consider myself like I. As soon as the funds are there, we're getting a fence and we're we're getting a rescue. Okay, like I love dogs. Adam every does, time Adam does love an animal. Every time I walk into a room and there's a dog, I'm like, I'm gonna talk to this dog. Somebody, All brought, you people can somebody wait. brought their dog out to work today, and it was this like little corgi puppy. It was so fucking cute. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. It was so fucking cute. One of my coworkers <laughs> who I don't really care for sometimes brings his dogs to work, and I'm like. It's, oh, I, I almost, love your dogs. I almost want to get to know you just to get to pet your dog. Right, your dogs are but great. But also, I don't want to actually have to interact with you. But yeah. Can uh, you just bring your dogs to work and then work from home? Yeah. Can we figure that out? Yeah, or bring my your dogs to my work? I'll, I'll watch them at my house and just want to <laughs> drop them off. Like, I'll <laughs> grab his little neck. It'll be cute. Um, but anyway, like, I, I like dogs. But I'm just saying, I'm going to say from the internal logic of this movie. Mm-hmm. If you have a maximum security dog prison. Right. In the 30s. Like, this is, like, the peak of we don't have any money uh, for any kind of government, like, no, pro- sh- program. Well, well, they were throwing money at government programs. So, actually, that's probably not. Uh, maybe. Maybe. If the, if the maximum like a, security dog pound had a lot of guards. Like a CCC dog pound here. Then, like civilian then like conservation maybe, corps or Maybe. Whatever. You're like, okay, this dog pound employs like 40 people. And you're like, I mean, okay. Like, they're going to go really ham on this. <laughs> like, 
we're gonna stock this full of like World War One veterans, and like they are gonna have some like we don't know the word PTSD yet, but yeah, like that's what's gonna be happening here. Um, but I feel like if you're gonna go through like. I don't feel like society was a point where they would spend this much time, effort, and bullets on keeping dogs locked up. Yes. That they wouldn't just use that bullet when they first found the dog. Yeah. That is... Um, I feel like... Yeah, I feel like doesn't line up with history. No. Like, they just would have been like, oh, we've got these strays. But no, this is a no, full-on just... gangster movie, but with dogs. Yeah, it is. And it starts with a prison break. And mm-hmm. so Itchy, who is some sort of Dosh Hound chunky yeah, dog. Yeah, he's got he's got like the the short the short tiny legs. He doesn't he definitely has a corgi butt. Like mm-hmm. it wobbles a lot and it's super cute. Uh but his front end, he's wiener dog on the front end. Right, yeah. And it's not as attractive. Uh wiener dogs are okay. They're okay looking. I had a bad experience. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, my great grandmother, mm-hmm. um, when she was alive, had uh, wiener dogs, and they were the happiest, nastiest, barkiest, uh, biteiest. My experience with wiener dogs uh, was they were just too nervous. They would just like be in the corner and shake, and you were like, "Can I pet your dogs?" And like, I mean, you can, but they'll probably pee all over you. <laughs> like it's a risky take. <laughs> I would take that risk, just so we're clear. I mean. I definitely pet the dogs anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, they but they were they weren't aggressive. They yeah, were too well, nervous these, to be aggressive. These were certainly aggressive, little inbred. In my in my experience with wiener dogs, I have had a bad experience with like mm-hmm. little like those bulge-eyed uh, French bulldogs, maybe or English bulldogs. I think French bulldogs, the like bulgy-eyed ones. Oh yeah, those are the worst. <laughs> I had a bad experience with those. I'm sure they're. I'm sure not all of them are bad, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure some of them are great people. Some of them. Some of those. Dogs but they're not sending us our best. <laughs> um. Anyway, so they escape and get out of this, and immediately we're panning to a casino outside of town, and the town is New Orleans. By the New way, New Orleans. Give in it a little the, flavor in the, in the bayou. On the bio. In the 30s. And this casino is called Carface and Charlie's. Carface and Charlie's. But the Charlie is scratched out. Charlie is one of the dogs we met earlier. Right, because Charlie's in jail. So he's like, well, guess it's mine now. So they're having rat races where literal rats race. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like somebody pitched, what about the rat race? And that was a seed of a thought that just spawned this whole movie. Well, I think they were like, okay, uh, so we're just, we're going to take your standard uh, gangster movie Mm -hmm. and make it four children starring dogs. Uh, And beat for beat, like, if we race dogs, what do dogs race? Dogs race rats. Dogs race rats. So this is the sting, but for dogs. Yes. And children. <laughs> I think my children could watch this thing. I mean, they probably could. Would they enjoy it? Maybe. Maybe. I think my eldest might. But Maybe. Anyway. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's a casino. And as everybody's watching these rats and having a good time, Charlie and Itchy come walking in like they own the place. Because technically, Charlie, I think, kind of does. I mean, his name is was on the door. Yes. And... 
they come in and everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so great to saw you. I thought you were like in jail. I thought you got busted or dead. (laughs) And he's like, nah, you can't keep a good dog down. Let me just tell you why. I have a song that proves it. I have a whole fucking musical number. And this was the moment where I thought to myself, self, why hasn't somebody done a Broadway revival? (laughs) Of all dogs go to heaven. Okay, okay. So, you could... Cats was there for fucking years. Are you saying this is worse than... Better than cats or worse than cats? Oh, God. That's a very hard call. Um, I am saying... I think you could have a Broadway revival of All Dogs Go to Heaven, but it would have to be, like, the jumping off point, and it would have to be, like, so funny and, uh... Self-aware. Uh, self-aware. Like, there would have there would have to be a lot of lampshading, like... Yeah, I, that's one thing about this movie. It is not self-aware. No. no. So, that is the problem, I think... I mean, Don Bluth, if you're listening, just earmuffs. Um, you're not listening. <laughs> but... Is it because he's dead? I could have looked that up. I didn't. But I imagine it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Uh, but anyway, he... Uh, he always, again, seems to be um, kind of trying too hard mm-hmm. to be the next Walt Disney. And uh, um, for the record, Don Bluth, I just looked it up, is alive. Oh, I'm so glad you're alive. And active. Good job. Good job. So anyway, he um, he always seems like he was trying too hard to be the next Walt Disney mm-hmm. and just like just falling short a little bit he did not so the thing about walt disney mm-hmm. um was that he was very adept at taking the credit for a lot of other people's ideas truth truth and i mean that is a skill that many mediocre white men possess it is true and i i i kind of thought it was just something they were all born with um uh not me I mean, okay. I steal most of your jokes. That's true. <laughs> but I don't do it to the criminal degree that <laughs> you're very funny on Twitter because of me. <laughs> That's true. Um, but like, but Don Bluth, I feel is a little too good natured for this world in that he tries to do his own thing and doesn't steal enough from other people. And so here we are. Like, we get. We get good movies or okay movies. Mm-hmm. We don't get the brilliant movies that he splashes his name on and says, this is a Walt Disney production. Right. Oh, right. Walt, how many cells did you draw? Oh, zero cells. None of them. I've right. been dead for 50 years. <laughs> my my frozen head. Is not doing shit. Doesn't do shit. So, um, yeah. And so that's also why Walt Disney is continuing on as a company. Because Walt... Because of his frozen head? No, because Walt wasn't Disney. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was... Yeah, he was always an amalgamation of more talented people that he paid. Yeah, and then took credit for. hmm So, but anyway, um, but at the end of this musical number, Itchy finds this, like, secret door in the casino and falls through it, while um, Charlie goes off to find his partner, Carface. Right. Did we talk about how this musical number is fucking terrible? Not exactly, but it, it is, is like 
spoken word beat poetry. It is not even singing. No. Did we talk about who plays who plays Charlie? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> we did not. Okay. I, I, I feel like it's notable. It is notable. In this instance. It is super notable in this instance. The actor who plays Charlie mm-hmm. is Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. You can you can hear his mustache. It's, it's a thousand a thousand percent. It's like full caterpillar. And Itchy, mm-hmm. the the Dodge Hound looking thing, mm-hmm. is played by Burt Reynolds's Real life best friend. Real life best friend. Dom DeLuise. Um, I enjoy them and their dynamic. I think always. Um, I want to watch Cannonball Run I've at o- any minute. I've only seen it a couple of times, but all of the times I've been like, yeah, like they have good like chemistry and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna argue what they cannot do is sing. It. It is like a spoken word beat poetry like album there is like music happening all around them and they just like are vaguely interact with it yeah it is i'm gonna say not the best not the best i'm gonna point out uh dom deloise Mm -hmm. 1989 he's in all dogs go to heaven 1988 he's in oliver and company as well oh was burt reynolds also in that uh no oh okay i just like assumed that they were a package deal At least I don't think they were. That would be wild. Yeah. Be like, I'll take on this movie, but like, you got to find a place for my best friend. (laughs) Honestly, I feel that describes most of Rob Schneider's career. I mean, lots of people's career. Lots of people's career. Yeah. um, uh, What's uh, Clint Howard? Mm hmm. Famously, I think, just gets jobs because Ron (laughs) Howard's like. Ron Howard is like, I mean, I guess I can call my brother. He's around. Yeah, he's around. Um, if you need somebody unfortunate looking, I've got Clint. And you're like, oh, gosh, that is like a terrible... Oh, man, you're not so, wrong. So rude. So, and also, like, okay. Yeah, I mean, he is... I don't... Clint, if you're listening. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen him not on in, like, a lot of weird, uh, like, alien... <laughs> um, Like, the, stuff the on his face. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, yes, you have. I have? Yeah. Does he not? Does he never wear prosthetics? Is that what you're telling me now? <laughs> yeah, that that's Clint normal. I mean, that's okay. I mean, he's okay. It's okay. But it's he's... okay. But I've definitely seen him with like a lot of like you know, yeah, alien but, stuff on his yeah, face. Yeah, he, he definitely has. Um. But anyway, so as Charlie's going out to find Carface. Mm-hmm. Uh, Itchy's overhearing discussions about the monster and like eliminating Charlie because like it's no good for business that he's back. And right, right. Because he here, if his partner was like dead or in jail, he's like, well, I guess all the business is mine now. Yeah. But now that you're easy. back, I have to go back to sharing. Yeah. And I'm not chill with that. So Charlie wanders into the. To Carface's place. It's like, hey, boss. Hey, bud. How's it going? I mean, but they're, they're partners. Buddy. Like, but he's, Yeah, he's not his boss. Yeah, hey, buddy. And if anything, Charlie's, like, really being the dominant partner. Uh, yeah, a little more of the alpha. But, Char- but Carface doesn't want that. 
Mm-hmm. But Troy's like, uh, the place is doing okay. But like, man, you should really spruce it up. Like, we should spend a little money. Like, it looks like it's gone hill downhill since I've been gone. I'm like, how the long? How long were you gone? Like two months. Were there? Was there the concept of no kill shelters in 1930s? Like, I really don't feel so. Yeah. So like, you probably came in. You had a one week tag for somebody to come claim you, mm-hmm. and like that was the end of that. I don't. But, I don't even know if they had that. Like, truly. Mm-hmm. And so Carface and Charlie talk and Carface is like, yeah, I think we're having some diverging opinions on things. But I think one thing you need to know, the money's been really good lately. I'm going to buy out your half. Mm-hmm. And then you can go to whatever the fuck you want. And- like you can retire or you can, you know, start your own club. And, you know, like this, this has been really good for both of us. But like, it's time for both of us to like spread our wings and like, yeah, do our own shit. So I'll buy out your half. With the money that I got from... Just running the club for the last two months? I guess. Wouldn't half of that be his? I I don't think Charlie's a great businessman. <laughs> He's maybe not great with the maths. Nope. The math and the money it seems a little... He's the schmoozer. Like, yeah, he's the you, face. You can definitely tell that, like, he's the he's the face and the personality, and Carface is the... the is the brains of the muscle. The brains of the muscle. Um, so, like, I understand how they'd be good partners, but, like, oh boy, Charlie, uh, striking it out on his own. Mm -hmm. Uh, and his idea is to, like, make the club better. It's like, we need some, like, dancing girls. Yeah. Is this gonna be, (laughs) is this gonna be, like, the awkward burlesque drip tease from The Great Mouse Detective? I I kept waiting for it. I kept waiting for the, like, very awkward, anthropomorphized, like, dogs with, like, all of the nipples (laughs) out. Like, it's really funny when we put a dog in a bikini, uh, it only ever has, like, two covers, but it should have, like, six or eight covers. Depending on, yeah. Depending on the doggo. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Truth. But no. And but they no. should be much o- lower. Only these two, only the top, the top two nipples are the sexy nipples. And generally, it's, like, <laughs> not even where there are nipples. Because, like, dog nipples start much lower on the torso. <laughs> right, and they're really close together. Like... Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, like, a dog nursing? You're like, oh, they're they're way down there. Yeah, on the belly part. Yeah, down on the belly. And, like, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of weird where human nipples are, honestly, <laughs> when you stop and really think about it. Yeah, yeah. But, um. That's free. But typically, when I'm like, when, when I say, when you put a bikini on a dog, Everyone has a picture of what a bikini looks like on a dog because we are constantly amorphi like anamorphizing, anamorphizing and anamorphizing. I guess yeah, and sexualizing everything. Yeah, I think there's a lot of therapy that needs to happen for these animators, y'all. Yeah. I mean, I've been at conventions where furries show up, and I'm. But this this is not even about furries. Well, it kind of is though, (laughs) because whenever we animate a dog and we put out two legs, we're like, it's a furry. It's a sexy dog. It's it's a furry. It's a human, Mm -hmm. like say, um, Robin Hood, the animated Robin Hood. Animated Robin Hood, yeah, where the foxes walk on two legs. Everything walks on two legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, chickens do walk on two I legs. I mean, that's not a cheat, but like <laughs> the lions 
and the bears and the tiger and mm-hmm. the 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 badgers and Do the rabbits. Do they ever like run on four legs in that movie? Uh I don't know. I I'd have to watch it again. That would make sense if like if shit really hits the fan. Like they, yeah, the they, rabbits are like I'm they, going four legged. I can use, like they use all their legs. I can get the hell out of here on four legs a lot faster than I can do two. I mean, I I can think of a scene where they're running on two legs. But, okay, interesting. Uh, mostly it's the the football scene, but anyway. Yes. You know what I'm talking about. But like, yeah, we do like when we anthropomorphize mm-hmm. animals, we we basically turn them into furries. Okay, okay. They're just they're just humans in an animal suit. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, and we need to cover up the sexy bits. The sexy bits <laughs> that would be showing through the fur suit, I guess. Right. Right. But like, you're wearing a fur suit, which I feel is enough coverage. Yeah, you're covered in fur you're not naked i don't know we just it's a whole thing it's very weird uh but we don't have stripper dogs in this and i'm much the gladder for it i'm i'm both pleased and sad about this fact (laughs) so after they announce they're splitting they're gonna go to mardi gras Mm because of course it's mardi gras It it happens to be mardi gras it's New Orleans. Mardi Gras happens all the time. I mean, that's not true. I was definitely there on a random Tuesday yeah. in June. And was it a party? Yes. But was it Mardi Gras? No. Um, name one movie that exists in New Orleans that doesn't mention Mardi Gras. I cannot. Exactly. Think, I cannot think of one. I'm sure there are one, but no. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I was just there having all the, like, delicious food. Oh, gosh. God, the food is so good. Even the like, beignets. The, You're like, the... this is just fried dough with powdered sugar. <laughs> like, what the hell did you do? <laughs> it's made of black magic. <laughs> it's so good. Again, it's gnarly. That it's might not be entirely so inaccurate. Um, like, the music scene is great, and the food scene is great. And I was like, oh, I love all of these things. I love food and music. Like, fuck Yes. But these guys are hiding in what must be the sketchiest looking Mardi Gras float. Yes. Getting drunk off their asses. Mm-hmm. Dogs. Uh, dogs getting drunk. The which, dogs getting drunk. Do dogs sure get drunk? I know dogs can get high. I don't want to know why you know that, but I do. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wasn't your dog. I have friends. Wasn't your decision. No. None, none of it was mine. Like, that's just kind of terrible. Anyway, uh, they give Car- Charlie a gold watch, kind of pat him on the back for retirement or whatever. And they're like, hey, why don't you take Garfield's like, why don't you take Charlie out back and give him the surprise. big surprise? And and they're like, oh, you mean where we kill him? I'm like, yeah. You're and they're like, gonna... I, I've got to get a better henchman. At many times. Uh, Scarface says, I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is, as an employer, your prerogative. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you can be like, I'm surrounded by idiots. And also, like, I need better hiring practices. It's the 1930s. Unemployment is at, like, 30%. Right. You can get other idiots to work for you. Yeah, you could, like, probably find somebody who's not even an idiot. You could just right. do like, okay. Yeah. And so these dogs take... Um, Charlie out to the end of this pier. He's drunk. They blindfold him. Uh, he thinks something fun is about to happen. Right, like, oh, it's pinata time or whatever. Yeah. 
But they push a car down the pier, mm-hmm. which runs over Charlie, knocks him off into the this water. This is an overly complicated murder plot. Yeah. You had him on a pier. He was blindfolded. You do not need the car. No. You do not. Which you can just poke him with a stick until he falls off to the edge of the pier. Or, you know, just bonk him over the head and throw his right. unconscious body Fry- in the water. Frying pans have been around. Yeah. It would be way easier but this is what they come up with. Of course, Itchy watches it from the sidelines. Right, and yeah, also he he finds out that they're going to kill him from, you know, like the very loud broadcasting <laughs> of their plans. Right. And was like, oh no, I got to save Charlie. But he just gets there too late. Mm-hmm. It's and, too bad. And instead has to watch his friend get murdered. This is a lot of dark shit for We're a children's movie. three minutes movie. into this movie, basically. Yeah, and we are, yeah, maybe ten minutes in. And we're immediately in the afterlife. It kind of reminds me of The Rocketeer. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, rated PG for depictions of, like, tobacco use and alcohol. And there's a dead body in the <laughs> opening like, credits. And not four fucking dead bodies. <laughs> so we go up to heaven. And Charlie's because there on the clouds. all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, and we meet uh, Angel. This is her literal name in her the name credits. Her name is Angel. Because um, unlike people... Dogs are, like, naturally, intrinsically loyal and good creatures. Right. And Charlie's like... Yeah, sounds great, whatever, man. I mean, that's fine, but, like, I got killed by a dog. So, like, loyalty and goodness seem a little... Right. Well, and it's also not like I'm having a a deep internal crisis about who I am and who I was and who what it means to be a dog... It is all like, I need to go back so that I can exact revenge. Yep. Also, there's a musical number during this whole thing. And if you thought the previous musical number was God. bad, this one's even fucking worse. It's not great. Oof. Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. Don, you could do better. At literally, everyone could do better. And so, Charlie hates heaven. Mm-hmm. It's and so boring. That's his problem with We heaven. know everything that's going to happen and how it's going to work out. And, and like, everything will work out. And he's like, so there's no, like, surprises and, like... Like, how do you bet on shit? And she's like, um, um what? We don't bet here, because that's, like, immoral. And he was like, no thanks, man. <laughs> so he steals his watch, which represents his life, mm-hmm. rewinds it, rinds it back up, and that means he gets to go back to heaven and it just drops him back right and the voice uh it's like you can never come back charlie you can never come back yep pleading with him to not do this but he just he's like i do what i want bitch yep so he lands back he looks at the watch again which is still telling him you can never come back unless you're like Mm -hmm. a seven-year-old who doesn't understand plot points like and so he's like cool noted Takes the watch with him and goes to find Itchy. As long as the watch doesn't stop, he's good. Yeah. And he goes to find Itchy, who, is, who freaks out because he thinks, like, Charlie's a ghost. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, he he watched his best friend get murdered. Yes. Uh, by also his, like, co-friend, at least. Right. His, his fake acquaintance that he mm-hmm. may be. Actually, you know, it's interesting. We don't know that Itchy... I don't know that we know that Itchy and Charlie ever really met... Or itchy Carface, and Carface, yes. ...knew each other before this. Like, he could have been just Charlie's 
like cellmate or something. Oh, Charlie's like right hand man. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, he could have been Charlie's cellmate. Right, they could have met in prison. In they the could have met in prison and got out. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know they, what the whole backstory. Where they come is. in with like a bachelor's and weed and go out with a doctorate in cocaine. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and Charlie freaks or um, Itchy freaks out, and Charlie's like. You got to help me get revenge on Carface. I got to figure out what the hell's going on and, like, take that guy down. Right. And he's like, oh, my God, you're a ghost. He's like, I'm not a fucking ghost. You can't keep me down. Like. Also, I got ticked. Or I got fleas. Do ghosts have fleas? And he's like, no. Maybe. I don't know. That seems like a weird. Weird flex if you're a ghost. But anyway. But they decide they're going to go to Carface's and investigate the monster that that Itchy heard about. But also, Charlie's got to stay dead. Yeah. Because if he if he if he lies low, then mm. Carface is like as soon as he pops up and lets everyone know that he's around, Carface is just gonna try to kill him again. Right. But like if I if I'm dead I'm safe. Yeah. So they sneak into Carface's mm-hmm. through the bowels of this casino and find the monster, who is in fact a, a little, little girl. girl. And she can talk to rats. She can talk to animals. Animals in general. And she fi- can talk to the rats and figure out what like who's going to win these races mm-hmm. and so they can stack stack the bets right exactly so that's why that's why carface and charlie's has been making so much money is because they got inside information yeah they got an inside track right they're like oh this this rat has the flu i hope they feel better and like oh it's this you know so-and-so's birthday and you're gonna let him win that's neat. that's so nice of you yeah yeah foreshadowing mm-hmm. um and so Carface is like kind of mean to her tells her yeah if you do this for me I'll let you go outside and then like leaves and she's like aren't I gonna go outside he's like yeah fuck no like you're my hostage you're doing right, I do what I want yeah and so he leaves and Charlie looks at her and is like so she can figure out she can talk to the rats and literally sees dollar signs his eyes turn he's, he's, into dollars yeah he's the he's the eyeball do- dollar signs emoji yeah he's it, like I want to say is is descendant of this movie. This yeah. movie invented the dollar signs eyeball emoji. It didn't. But, um... Did it not? No, it's been around before this. When did dollar signs eyeball emoji... I mean, there were, like... Was 19, invented. There were, like, 1930s movies with... Yes, but characters the emoji... With I mean, the emoji is derivative of the that tradition. Yes. Of which this is a stage. The derivative of many things. Anyway. And so they're going to go down and uh, rescue slash kidnap Anne-Marie. Right. Anne-Marie is a little girl who can talk to animals. Yep. And when Carface realizes she's gone, he freaks out. And Killer, who is the, like, the right-hand man. The right-hand man, who's not great at his job. But he makes all kinds of excuses and tries to figure out what's going on. So we skip to the junkyard. There's a junkyard. Right, where Charlie sleeps. Yeah, it's uh, apparently Itchy's place, so mm-hmm. that's where they know he knows they can lay low. Right, it can be safe. And they're reading Robin Hood to Anne-Marie, which is actually War and Peace, but like Charlie's just making up the words. Right, I mean, we've all done that. Yeah. Where I'm like, this Dr. Seuss book is 27,000 pages long, and we're just going to like skip a bunch. There's like, a lot of words today, on this page. Today is done, today was fun, tomorrow is another one. <laughs> like... <laughs> And scene. <laughs> and scene. They're like, you went from page five to page like forty-seven. I'm like, sorry, Doctor Seuss, like the fucking worst. Apparently, didn't need to go to bed. 
So their plan is they're going to take her to see the horses at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And she's like, oh, cool. I love horses. I love horses. It's like, great. So then she like wants to be tucked in. She's afraid of being alone in the front seat. Like there's all this stuff. And Charlie is just like, go to fucking bed. Yeah. Go to fuck the sleep. Yeah. The the classic as read by the, Samuel L. Jackson. The classic as read by Samuel L. Jackson. It's true. And the next morning they wake up and or. At the end, she's like, Charlie, will you help me find my mommy and dad? Uh, find a mommy and daddy? Because she's an orphan. Of course she is. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. Go to sleep. He's like, oh, I'm so excited. I've never been so happy. Dear God, thank you so much for my new friend, Charlie, who helped me find a mom and dad. He's like, oh, gosh. Shut up. So, at the horse track. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne-Marie is not talking to the horses. She's a little bit salty. And she's the reason is she realizes they're not just there to see horses because they're fun. Right. He wants to use her just like Mr. Carface. He wants Carface. to use her just like uh, Mr. Carface. And she was like, I'm not here for it. Like, you know what? I'm an orphan and my fucking life sucks. But, like, at least I can go outside when I want if I'm not, like, kidnapped by anyone. <laughs> yeah. If I can find my way out of here, I'll just hit an orphanage and be fine. Right. Like, I'll be adopted by a random people. Like, I'm very cute. Yeah, very winsome. I I have a perfect haircut, even though I'm a street urchin. Indeed, she does. He's like, well, Charlie's like, I'm not. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually getting this money, like Robin Hood. I'm going to share it with the poor. And I'm also going to use it to buy you some, like, nice dresses so that, like, you can impress potential parents and... Right, because no one's going to adopt you if you have rags. And she's like, oh. So she's like, fine, I'll talk. Uh, and she finds out it's the Grand Chawhee's birthday, and the Grand Chawhee is a, a very clapped old, out old horse. A very old horse. But because it's his birthday, they let him win. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but it's a surprise. Don't tell him. So, Charlie, with that information, they go out with Amory and Itchy and Charlie to find some money. Because they need to make a bet, but they have no liquidity. Right, they don't have any human assets. They have stakes. Well, they don't have those because Carface kept those after right. he killed Charlie. Right. Um, but so, like, Itchy goes out and pretends to be hurt. Amory tries to help him. And this cute old little couple comes mm-hmm. to help her out. They're like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? Where are your parents? Blah, 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 blah. And Charlie just steals their wallet. Right. While they're distracted. While they're distracted and run off. And that's the money they're able to use. To, to place, place the, the bet. bet. And it's like, you know, a thousand to one. On yeah. this, like, old, crappy horse. And so, like, maybe they put 10 or 20 bucks on it. 10 or 20 bucks in the 1930s is not nothing. No. So maybe less, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they win. Yeah, and they win, like, $1,000. Yeah, and that's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking money. So they check out nicely. So one thing is, when they walk up to make the bet... Anne-Marie is, it's literally three people in a trench coat. And two dogs and a child in a trench coat. Where did they get the trench coat? Or the fake mustache? These are questions. Does he have a whole stash of like... Just in case. Just in case costumes for if he kidnaps a random human child he could use to place bets in the human world? Appears so. Seems likely. Also, human money is good in dog world. They at least he, understand it. And he could use it to build his empire. Yeah, well, I mean... So human world and dog world runs on, runs on the same money. I guess. 
So, That's wild. Yeah, there's a lot of questions I have about what's happening here. <laughs> but there's a whole montage of them doing all kinds of betting and winning, like frog races and turtle races and kangaroo boxing. I mean, I'm like, first off. Where did we get kangaroos? Yeah, New Orleans is wild, y'all. New Orleans in the 30s, apparently, is a whole menagerie of just gambling animals. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's not animals that exist in the 1930s in New, in Orleans. New Orleans that are not used for gambling purposes. It seems, seems reasonable. According to this movie. And Emery starts getting a little salty that they're not helping. And she's like, he's like, all right, fine. We're, let's go shopping. And there's a whole montage of her and them going to shops and getting dresses. Okay. So if you walk into a shop mm-hmm. and you're like, a I don't know, six year old. Eight, Eight, eight years tops. old, eight tops, tops, eight years old, but probably more like five or six. And you have two dogs and some money. And you were like, I would like to buy this dress, please. Are they like, sure, whatever your money spends, just like everyone else's money? I mean, so maybe in the 30s. <laughs> we just we just watch. OK, so if, those of you with Netflix, those of you with Netflix, um, What's it called? Um, it's called Old Enough. Old Enough. And it is a beloved Japanese reality show where mm-hmm. they send literal toddlers, like two, two to four to like, yeah, maybe four and a half, five years old to do errands by themselves in Japan, in Japan, in whatever, whatever town and city they live in. So they have to walk like, I don't know, a kilometer to where they can buy groceries, buy groceries, and walk home. And they film the whole thing. It takes them all fucking day. <laughs> I mean, first time I see that hand. But this child, like, wanders around the whole town. Gets distracted by gets, a stick. Right, gets distracted by a stick, pretends it's going fishing, but then remembers that it's supposed to buy curry from the store and was like, oh yeah, curry! And then makes it to the grocery store. Right. And forgets the curry. Right. Forgets buys the curry, lives. buys everything else it's supposed to buy, goes back. Gets curious. And then gets back to the house. Is like, hi, mom. I bought the curry and the flowers. And I have two receipts. And she's like, why do you have... T- you know what? Never mind. You it made it. It's great. It's great. Let's have dinner. <laughs> and the kid's like so proud of themselves when they get back. And it's so adorable. It's so soothing, too. Yeah. Our kids were watching it and was like, I'm realizing that Japanese culture and American culture are very different. Oh, and I was like, oh, tip of the iceberg, buddy. I mean, this is true. But anyway, but they managed to get her some nice dress and she's feeling better. Mm-hmm. And they also dropped plans for Charlie's Place, which is his own casino mm-hmm. made in the junkyard out of scrapped cars. Right. It's like a, it's a tower of scrapped cars covered in like Christmas lights. And spotlights, like mm-hmm. headlights. I'm like, okay, so... Your plan was to stay under Carface's radar. Right, right. I feel this is not it. Right. It, your name is in literal lights in mm-hmm. neon. Uh yeah, you're not you're not staying below. Though you should have made it like Itchy's like place. Yeah, and be a silent and, partner. And be a silent partner. But yeah. no, too much ego. Way yeah. too much ego yeah. on Charlie. I mean, it's Burt Reynolds. Yes. And then Anne-Marie's mad they're not helping the poor. And, like, if you're not going to help the poor, I'm going to find my parents. I'm out. Yeah, I can do my own thing. We flash over to Carface, who is about to feed Killer to the piranhas. 
Yes. Very convenient. Very convenient. There's a whole river of piranhas underneath his casino. Are there piranhas in the Mississippi River Delta? I don't think so. I don't believe so. I don't think so. I don't think... I mean, if you're you're in the Mississippi River Delta and you have piranhas, please let me know. This is an issue you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, I'm interested. Please please tell me more, more about your ecosystems. But in an attempt to save his skin, Killer yells up that he has a Flash Gordon atomic ray gun. And Carface is like... The fuck you I'm, say? Inter- I'm interested. You had you had my interest. Now you have my attention. Like, let's let's talk. Flash Gordon atomic ray gun. Of all the things you could have like blurted out, I was like, very specific. It's a very specific thing. If you were like, I have a Tommy gun, I'd have been like, oh, okay, okay. Like, this is peak bootlegger times. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see one of those. Right. Falling into the right hands of Thompson machine gun, like, mm-hmm. seems legit. But no, he goes to Flash Gordon Atomic Ray Gun, Flash which Gordon. is not a fucking thing. <laughs> I mean, it might have been something you ordered off the back of a comic book. Right, right. But it was just like 100% just like a super soaker. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a super soaker is pretty cool, but... Then we catch up with Charlie and Amory, who mm-hmm. are bringing pizza to a whole shit ton of puppies. Favorite puppers. They're being raised by Flo, who's some collie type dog. Right. She's really pretty. Right, and Charlie knows her. And she is super putting the moves on Charlie. Right, right. And they bring them pizza, mm-hmm. which I did look at, look up like. Can pizza- dogs eat pizza? No, I didn't check that. Oh. Uh, because tomatoes are nightshades, and I don't know what that does for dogs. Right, right. It could be tra- catastrophic. I don't know. We should probably figure it out before we get I do. I do not <laughs> condone feeding your dog pizzas unless right. you've looked it up. Feed, feed your dog dog food. It's really the best for them. Uh, but um, Flo is really kind of... Macking on Charlie. Charlie. And Charlie, he's aware, but he's like playing coy yeah yeah he's a little bit hard to get because he's like i mean you know the ladies are always after me and a piece of me because i'm so great yeah and so the the puppies are not really good at sharing Truly, they're the worst because you know they're puppies you thought kids were bad puppies are worse and so they have a whole song and dance number about sharing and it's got a nice little calypso beat and it is even worse than the other two songs. Right. It is like, if we all share, like, we all get more and, and shit. No. And then there's, and then there's like a conga line. Yeah. Of puppies. Yeah. I mean, that is adorable. No, the conga line of puppies is cute. But the song is terrible. The song is? These songs. These songs. I... Don't think anyone sings them. No. I think that is my main beef with the songs. They are... Is that, like, nobody sings. <laughs> so, again, Bert, if you're whistling, I'm sorry. Bert is not a, a singer. Right. Like, he 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 is doing a jazz chant. Yeah. He is not singing. And so everybody else is just kind of trying to keep up with him and be like, this man has no rhythm <laughs> or tone. Or concept of what he's doing. So Right, right. He is all like chicken salad, sandwich, whole wheat bread. Like yeah. that is his jam. Yeah. Um, and so that song gracefully ends and kind of fades out just for another song to come up, which is Amory singing Come Home to My Heart. Come home to my heart. Which is slightly less worse than I mean 
Anne Marie is probably the most talented singer. Yeah. In I, this film. I feel, well, she's played by an actual small child. An actual 10-year-old, yes. Who was hired for the fact that she could act and potentially sing. Yes, yes. So she does okay, but the song is still pretty rough. Yes, indeed, indeed. Huh. <sighs> so, well, after she sings that, Charlie's watch, like, they're all in bed, and Charlie's watch strikes midnight, and he has mm-hmm. a vision of what I assume is doggy hell. Yes. It's kind it's very of scary. terrible. Uh, yeah, it's some, it's some real dark shit. There's some, like, demon puppies. It's, like, all kinds of stuff. And um, he wakes up, and Emery's gone. She found the wallet. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Charlie's still carrying around the wallet that he stole from the couple that she talked to at the horse right. track. Right, he stole... Maybe he just stole some of the money, and then he's, like, keeping the other money and he's like oh i have all this money and he's like i'll keep it in this wallet which also has the identification of the people i stole it from also because you know i don't like crumpled bills uh, crucial question yes where where indeed where is charlie keeping this wallet since he has no pants right or cut even collar it's not like he is carrying around a briefcase in his mouth or anything to like do do his business no, like, he just suddenly, like, he turns around and there's a wallet on the ground, and everybody's like, oh yeah, that happens with Charlie. And Anne-Marie finds it and is like, I thought, oh, you stole are this from that. Are some breeds of dog, like, bats where they have, like, weird pockets? There are, are, is this an Australian marsupial dog? <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, Emery decides she's going to go off and see the Wallet family because she has their identification and their address. Right. And, she, and she's going to apologize and give them back their money. Yep. So she shows up at that family's house she's, and spills the bean that she lives with a dog. She's got no parents. Well, and part of it was like, you said you would get me a family, but you're all in this for you. Like you said you would you would help the poor. But like, like the only you only do these things when I tell you to do these things. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you I'm finding a family. And right. He's so like, I'm oh, telling okay. you, fuck you. So, um, the family, in their credit, like, this little girl shows up. fucking delightful. Yeah. Feed her, Mm -hmm. give her waffles, and help her, you know, orange juice, and are like, why don't you stay here while we figure out what the fuck we need to do? Because, like... like, who do we call? Like, we can't, we can't just... There's no Child Protective Services in 1930. (laughs) Like... Right. We can't, we can't, you know... I feel... Yeah. We can't send her away without knowing that she's a safe place to stay. Like, orphanages are terrible, but, like, I mean, mm-hmm. just the two of us? Could we? I mean, like, seems maybe like she, a... Maybe she could stay here just for a little while until we figure out, you know, where she should go to be safe. The word foster hasn't entered the lexicon yet, but maybe they're toying with that idea. Yes. Yes. Uh, but Charlie shows up just to say goodbye, and he, and he really does this big thing. Like, them or me kind of decision. Plays the so, victim. So toxic. Highly, highly manipulative. And he leaves, and then Anne-Marie chases after him. It's like, it's oh, like, oh I can't leave Charlie. He's my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so he, she leaves with him, and they meet up with Itchy, and they're walking down the road. When Carface shows up with Killer mm-hmm. in a car. Yeah, how do these... How do these dogs drive cars? Are they There's no are they smaller? Are they smaller scaled cars? Are no, they like, it just seems like a normal car. But there's no rule that a dog can't drive it. God, there's no rule. But like car car face is like a, some kind of like pit bull mix. Yeah. Okay. 
He's got so, henchmen driving, like maybe like a oh, like, like you would need multiple henchmen driving. You would need henchmen on the pedals, and then other henchmen. It on... could be like a Great Dane. Okay, a, a great a great Dane could drive a car. <laughs> sure, I mean just I'm, just physically I'm just, he could make it. I'm just thinking like put pushing on the pedals, right, and seeing and, where you're going, and seeing where you're going, like pretty much only a Great Dane. I mean. Some or other ginormous dogs. Like, a Newfoundland could probably pull it off, maybe. Like, there's some, like, some of those horse dogs could probably... Yeah. The, so, like, truly just the five horse dog breeds. Yeah. And they, drive a car. they have a laser gun, and they're sitting in, like, the back of this car shooting at Charlie, and the laser gun fucking works. Right, right. The, the gun that he ordered off of the back of a catalog slash cereal box. Yeah, and it's not just like it makes rat-tat-tat noises and Charlie freaks out. No, like, you see, like, produce stands, like, erupting into flame and, like, people diving for cover and, like, all kinds of shit going very crazy. All, all because he collected the right box tops. I guess. And mailed them in, I don't know, like, how a he got A self-addressed stamped envelope? My headcanon is this is actually, like, a Tommy gun he uncovered, and they don't know how to explain it. Like, they've heard on radio shows. Oh. But, yeah, this is, like... A flamethrower. Yeah. It's not, like, there's like it's not a pews gun. coming out of this thing. And so yeah. it's weird. Uh, and they escape. And um, like jump down into this water. And they get taken by rats. Yes. So tribal. Charlie and Itchy and Anne-Marie. Yeah. Get kidnapped by like these tribal rats yes actually i don't know that itchy's here they're very problematic yeah some uh some harmful stereotypes i will uh, say 100 percent. and the rats are going to sacrifice charlie and Marie to their god which is an alligator okay giant like drag alligator yeah 100 percent. like who uh is like oh i can't I can't eat you because you have a very sexy baritone. And like, let, yes. let's hear you sing. <laughs> it was like, I would eat you, but also I'm like very here for your voice. Yes. Played by Ken Page. Mm -hmm. uh, if you need it. But like, yeah. In, he played Oogie Boogie. Yeah. He does play Oogie Boogie later. If you were casting this in a Broadway revival, this would be a drag role. A hundred percent. A hundred percent a drag role. And she this alligator mm -hmm. um she's fabulous she really right, does. she right. does a great job and just sashays through this whole scene and singing. honestly sings and i was like this is the best fucking song yeah. in this whole movie let's make music <laughs> together it's so good let's make uh, harmony. I mean, it has a rhythm oh it has a rhythm it's uh sung by someone with talent yeah <laughs> so so many strikes in its favor <laughs> yeah it, it was done that's well. all it needs <laughs> it really did well uh and so amory and charlie are able to escape right escape ish but like yeah, they, they let them go you're definitely escaping with the explicit permission of this uh crazy Gator god yeah alligator dragon god demon yeah. Thing. It's a lot. 
Meanwhile, topside, Carface mm-hmm. finds Itchy and grabs him and roughs him up real bad. Right. So that when they get back to where Flo is with Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie's sick because she's been in the water. Itchy shows up all beat up. Mm-hmm. And they look out and Charlie's place is on fire. And this is like the low point of the whole movie that we're supposed to care about all of these things. And we're like, kind of, Anne-Marie, I kind of care about. Uh, yeah. But no one else has really learned it. Mm-hmm. And um, Charlie's like, this has gone too far. And Itchy's like, you got to let the girl go. Like, we just got to call it and run. Like, let's just take right. our losses back, and back move on. When, back when all this happened, I said that we should leave town and lay low and whatever. And you and you didn't listen to me. And, like, I'm your friend, so I stuck by you. But, like, and then you were like, we got to kidnap this girl. And I was like, I don't think that's a great idea, but I'm your friend, so I stuck by you. Uh, and now you've gone soft on her. And you really care about her. And you are putting her needs before the needs of, like, me and our friendship and our partnership and our business. And, like... Charlie then has to go off and be like, no, no, I'm just using the girl. It's not my thing. Like, mm-hmm. she means nothing to me. And, of course... She's right there. Listening behind it. And so she runs off. She's like, you're not my friend. Like, you're you're a bad dog. Mm-hmm. She runs off and immediately gets captured by a car face. Mm-hmm. And... The whole town kind of knows what's happening because everybody's up in each other's business. Right. The and, whole dog town? Yeah. And okay. Flo's like, all right. You looks at it. She's like, go get that couple. Get get that family. Mm-hmm. Get the wallet the, family. Get the wallet family. We'll bring them over. And all of New Orleans like has like a twilight bark from the, the 101 Dalmatians. Yes. Like, relaying this information about what's going on and how to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's this whole mobilized pod of dogs, like, bringing this family. Right. Just, to, first of all, descending upon this family and barking until they're like, what the fuck, man? There's, like, 300 dogs. I guess we should follow them. <laughs> I guess we should follow them. If we wake up in the middle of the night and there's 300 dogs... Uh, do we follow them? No, we close the door no. and we make some phone no, calls. No, we close the door. I make some phone calls. And they had this technology in 1930, but no. Doors this, and phones. This They had both doors and phones. Uh, but this, like, very sweet, good-natured couple was like, well, obviously we must follow these 300 dogs. <laughs> so one of the things, though, is that Anne-Marie had this, like, rabbit doll sh- that she played with and was at their house with mm-hmm. that they recognized, and Itchy has it. And, like, puts it on, like, runs into their house, drops it on the stairs, and is, like... And, like, leaves it for them. And, like, has, like, panic dog, puppy dog eyes. Like, like, do you understand what this is? I need you to come with me. Mm -hmm. And so I guess they pick up on that. And that's what does it for them. But still... This is, this is like, what, Lassie? Timmy fell down a well? Again? Again? At McGregor's farm this time? That kid. Yeah. Have you ever watched Lassie? It is really that bonkers. It is wild. It is, it is wild. I remember there was one where he climbed into like soup. There was like a there was a store. Yes. And it had and it had like a big like fancy sign with soup. Yeah, and the sign And he like climbed into the soup because he thought it would be like warm and delicious. But it was just like a sign. <laughs> and then he was stuck. Timmy Timmy. He's just a simple small town boy. Living in a lonely world. Living in a lonely world. But anyway, so the couple's on their way. Charlie gets captured by Carface. 
and he's now finds So his... now Carface has both Charlie and the girl. Right. And they're in the remains of this old boat, which is what um, Charface mm-hmm. and Car- Charlie's really is. It's an old boat that's run aground. And um, Charlie's now tied to an anchor, and they're going to drop him into the water after a lot of monologuing. Right, right. It's very important that you die dramatically. And Charlie howls, mm-hmm. which spurs the gator on to come figure out what's happening. Right. And so that, like, yeah, the gator was like, hey, what's up, bitches? Let's yeah. party. And so the gator breaks through the wall as Charlie's going down, breaks out the other side, breaks back in, unties Charlie, leaves, refuses to elaborate. Like, <laughs> yes, that's it for so, the gator. So now Charlie no is, given. is unbound. Yeah. Um, and he has to choose. He can rescue. Well, Anne-Marie gets knocked over mm-hmm. into the water and she's like floating on a crate and like the oil gets knocked over onto this like motor generator thing mm-hmm. and that catches fire. So now we've got fire on the water. Right. And it's like a, it's like a, a perfectly around her. Yeah. And then his watch falls down into the water mm-hmm. in another circle of flame. So he's got to choose. He right. can either save Anne-Marie or, or his the watch. watch. If he saves Anne-Marie, he saves Anne-Marie. If he saves the watch, he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. That's his choice. It's a real, like, Sophie's Choice kind of situation. It's a real Sophie's Choice. At first he grabs the watch, but then he, Amory falls off the crate, so he's got to, like, get her, and then it's a whole thing. He chooses Amory. Mm-hmm. Like, after much deliberation. Much underwater deliberation, which should right. have been very dangerous. Right. Um, He gets her, kind of pushes her out um of the of the boat and she gets of the cave yeah like she the, gets she gets out of the weird boat cave like a second before it like it is ex- engulfed in flames and explodes right and so uh as that's happening the watch fills up with water and charlie, charlie dies. dies and so the other dogs are able to push her up onto the shore where the family finds her and actually Killer's the one that pushes her out of the water and then like is like reads the room is like, yeah, I got to go and like just leaves and lets um, lets whatever happens happens. And like the family's like, oh, my gosh, is she OK? Is she breathing? Is she oh, she's freezing, you know, like call a doctor, you know, and take care of her. And we have a cut. Yes, then we have a cut. And now Anne-Marie is wearing nice clothes. Right, and living in a big fancy house. It's their house. Mm-hmm. It's the Wallet family's house. The Wallet family's house. And She's now Anne-Marie Wallet family. Yes. And Itchy's in there with her. Mm-hmm. Like, sleeping beside her bed and then on her bed. Like, cuddled up next to her. And the wind blows and the curtains fly open. And Ghost Charlie, like, prances in in transparency. Yes. Okay. And he gets up and he's like, so very sorry. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you sorry about? Actually, this kind of turned out pretty well. Right. Like you were, she was in mortal peril, but like you did everything you could. Right. Well, and they laid and, the dollar and short, like but... for ones, you put someone else's needs before yours. Mm-hmm. Like you learn to be not a douchebag at the last possible second of your life. Congratulations, sir. And you can see this, like, demon thing, like, over the horizon. Yeah, it, like, rises up from the river. Yeah, and it's kind of, like, 
Charlie. And like calling him and he's like And he's like, Oh, I gotta go to hell now, sorry. Yeah. When a blue light shows up and it's Angel's voice, and she's like, Yeah, you don't have to go down there. You can come to heaven. Because that's your last minute. You saved your soul. Right. He's like, cool. (laughs) He's like, I'm not asking a lot of questions. Sounds great. Sounds great. (laughs) And truly, like, that that should be the subtitle of this movie. All dogs go to heaven. We're not asking a lot of questions. This sounds great. Yes. <laughs> but he's got to say goodbye because he's got to go. So mm-hmm. he does. And Emery wakes up and he's like, make sure you take care of Itchy. And I got to go on a trip. She's like, okay, well, I see you again. And he's like, yeah, but maybe. it might be a while. It might yeah. be a while. Goodbyes aren't forever. She's like cool I'm like but also you're you're dead buddy so mm-hmm. credits roll it's like swelling orchestral heavenly right music. and then he's just jumping around the clouds with angel except charlie's except. like this music sucks so he gets <laughs> like some like um like jazz music going up there right right and then Car- Carface is up there and he's swearing revenge and trying to get his own clock and Angel's like, the fuck you do? Like, right, don't we- do that! Nope, nope, nope. Fool me once, shame on me. Right. Fool me once, I am going to fucking end you. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if all dogs go to heaven, why do they even have dog hell? You are asking a very deep theological <laughs> question I was not prepared for. Where did that come from? Where where did even the concept of dog hell come from if all dogs go to heaven? I need a minute. Right? I, I have right. no conceivable answer to this question. What? If you're listening and you made this movie, I have some real questions. <laughs> I mean, so if you're one of the ten people in the story by screen for this movie. Right. Please, please. Please let, let us know. know which I, one of you pitched Dog Hell. Yeah, I I want the origin story of Dog Hell. Yeah. If, if all dogs go to heaven by default. Why? Where did Dog Hell come from? Where did the imagery come from? Is it just a construct? Like, yeah. Tell me. I'm wildly confused by this. <laughs> so Wow. Um, man, I'm just Sorry, like... I didn't, I didn't mean to blow your mind there. I just... <laughs> it's just as... Yeah, it's mind-boggling. So, what do we learn from this movie? I mean, all dogs go to heaven. Because but, they're naturally but, loyal. But do they? Because doggy hell. But also there is doggy hell there, just in case. Just in case. Just dogs. in case the dogs decide to cheat death by resetting their clocks... And come back to Earth uh, solely for the purpose of exacting revenge on their terrible partners. Through an elaborate scheme of kidnapping and gambling and also possibly lying and embezzling. Right, right, right. And talking to animals. Yeah, seems reasonable. Um, Writing good... Uh, Honestly, in the 30s, this was probably the best way. Yeah. To become a millionaire, that's not like be born to a millionaire. Fair. Be an old Not that the 2000s is and 220s is much better. Nah, nah, seems like we're just like roaring it's, 20s it's, redux. It's similar. 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 Um, 
it is really the thing I learned is how hard it is to make a good musical song in an animated film. Yeah, it's really hard. Because like even even the depths of Disney, and again, I'm looking at you, Great Mouse Detective. Let me be good to you, musical number, which is a striptease done by a mouse in a Disney film, and the only song, and the only song in that movie is still orders of magnitude better than anything that happens in this movie. Musically. Musically. Yeah. And it is terrible. Objectively bad. Also, at the end of this, there's like a musical version of Come Home to My Heart. Oh my god, it's like a, a duet. duet. Yeah, it was supposed to like, you know, there was be on the radio. radio. It. It was supposed to play at people's weddings. Like... <laughs> I have never heard the song at a wedding. Oh my God. If we get married again, can we have come home as our first song to, you know, that one song from the credits of all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. That would be amazing. We have some friends that are getting married. We should pitch this. We should. And they would be like, the fuck. Are you guys okay? Are you? How many kids do you have? You've you've too, had too many. You've been parents way too long. Too many. Kids. You need to not do uh, this. Yeah, yeah. Like they definitely hit the right things of like, oh, this will be like a radio sensation, and you know, like this has like if you plotted the bones of this, it has everything I would expect. Yes, yes. The problem is none was, of it works. It was not well executed. None of it works. I don't know why. Right. They made the right deals, uh, but just it doesn't hang together. It's not fun enough. No. And the stakes aren't high enough. Like, both those things are true. Yeah. The stakes are not high enough, but, like, also the stakes are way too, like... The stakes are both way too high and way too low. Like, the, the high stakes, the girl, her life, her family, those are high stakes, they are such a C plot in this movie that nobody really cares about it. Mm-hmm. And so you I like I didn't care about it watching this film. <laughs> Meanwhile, the stuff that's like the A plot, which is Charlie trying to get enough money to build a casino, I'm like, I don't care about it because this is stupid. Right. This is a real dumb thing to build your life on. And so like, I don't know, like it just this whole movie somehow just It wasn't work. it wasn't funny. No. There were like no jokes. The joke, the joke density in this movie was like, uh, there was just some very sexist jokes, like some sprinkles. Yeah, sprinkles are very light dusting of misogyny, if you will. Right, just a little bit of racism, just like. Yeah, yeah. There's a few. Yeah, it's here here for you. A few minutes of like, oh yeah, Siamese cats. That's funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Don Bluth again. you're doing things that I cannot do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Your skill level is well for above sure. mine. There's just something... It's just Okay, something the, this movie all. is definitely not as good as, like, Five Goes West. I feel like Five sure. Goes West and Anastasia are both, like, great. Uh, did he do... I think he did Fern Gully? I didn't watch Fern Gully. Maybe was, that was good. Yeah, it's pretty I good. I don't know. Um, but this movie just was off. It was just... It never... It, it didn't never, land for you know, me. Like, like take next year's movie from this one, which is, or even later that same year, mm-hmm. um, um, The Little Mermaid. 
Right. The Little Mermaid somehow is so much greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. And this one is somehow so much less. Right. This movie on paper seems like it would be great. But it just never... Yeah, this is a great proposal and not a great movie. It, yeah, it was a good pitch meeting that never... You know, the, like, I said, like we said, the musical numbers just never hit. Mm-hmm. The comedy never just I mean, do you works. know who they needed? Eartha Kitt. I mean... She was around? <laughs> what movie wouldn't benefit from more Eartha Kitt? I mean, literally none. It none. was great. Or like... Uh, who did the voice for Ursula? Oh, yes. Like, if the voice for Ursula would have been um, the the alligator. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, the guy, I, the guy that I did alligator. I was not mad at the alligator. No. That, was the, that was the one uh, casting where I was like, I can get behind this. Yeah. But, like, Ursula brings, again, such a drag queen energy. Right. Okay, so this movie needed more drag queen energy. Again, what for movie sure. doesn't? For sure. Besides Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Because oh it is the perfect amount of drag queen and energy. Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, is so good. Honestly, such a good movie. It's so great. It's so good. Or Birdcage, again, fair Pris- amount of... Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Like These all have great amounts of drag queen energy. So, th- I mean, that's that's what I want. Yeah, more drag kids movies. Yeah. And with that... Please parent responsibly. Please parent responsibly-ish.